everyone, welcome back to the Football Chugu podcast. My name is Thomas Durning and today I'm joined by Pierce and Tommy McLaughlin. Hello guys. How's it going? On today's podcast, we'll be reacting to last weekend's English Premier League results and Scottish Premier League results. We'll be previewing this week's upcoming European matches and Pierce will um, uh, share all the latest Asian football news. So, um, coming up next, we'll talk about the uh, English Premier League results last weekend. So, I'll just quickly go through them. So, that finished Fulham 0, Man United 1, Burnley 0, Crystal Palace 2, Everton 1, Brighton 1, Man City 6, Bournemouth 1, Sheffield United 2, Wolves 1, Brentford 3, West Ham 2, Newcastle 1, Arsenal 0, Nottingham Forest 2, Aston Villa 0, Luton Town 1, Liverpool 1, and Tottenham 1, Chelsea 4. <clears throat> so guys, um, which game for you uh, stands out? Um, I would probably say the Fulham 0, Manchester United 1. It's probably not the, the standard fixture for a lot of people, but I think it's... Absolutely not for me. <laughs> I know. It eases a lot of pressure on um, Eric Ten Hag for the time being, at least, um, because he was under a lot of scrutiny. Um, and obviously, there's an incident around uh, after the Manchester derby of uh, Marcus Rashford um, going out and partying in a nightclub. So, he's had that to deal with as well. So, I think Manchester United have been a toxic club this season in terms of off-the-field issues with a number of their players. Um, it wasn't really a vintage performance, but I think we just the more important um, was to get a victory and um, that's now reached uh, 50 Premier League wins as uh, Manchester United manager, which is the quickest one to do so. But um, um, no, I think that was just the, the standard fixture for me because the fact is he was under severe scrutiny. I think if he lost that match, you probably may have seen him getting the sack. That's how important that game was. So in terms of the context of that, that's why that's the standard fixture for me this weekend. What about you, Tommy? I'd probably say the Chelsea Tottenham one. Yeah, absolutely, man. I was, I was when I was watching the game. I was like, all right, Tottenham, they've got us in the back, easy. Like they've been playing well all season, and then you know a couple of decisions, you know, red cards. Right? A couple. The most mental game of football I've ever watched. Honestly, <laughs> it was mental. I think I mean, Chelsea like took advantage of that that whole kind of like this, uh, the decisions that it caused. Tottenham just to crumble, and uh, I've said as well. I was watching the uh, the, the post match call with uh, Ange Postecoglou, and then I asking him, say, why did you not change your shape? He says, I don't care. Like we're staying the same. That's the, the way we play. He said if we had five men, we still keep that shape. Still try to keep attacking because at the end of the day, if you're conceding, you need to keep you need to keep attacking to try and even make it respectable. So. It's his first major, like, you know, bad defeat for uh, Antipas Togli, but I feel as if he'll pick himself up, dust himself off, and then he'll, he'll change it up a little bit and go back attacking other teams. Oh, I mean, that, that Tottenham Chelsea game I watched, it was the most mental game football I ever watched. I mean, it had everything. It had disallowed goals. It had red cards. It had, you know, um, I mean, there was there, there could have been more than two red cards, in my opinion. I think there should have been. Um, but it was just crazy. Um, it was so fun to watch because obviously Tottenham went down to nine men. But Tottenham, um, I mean, they were down to nine men, but they were still playing. 
such a high line and it, it was like it was ridiculous and it was like I couldn't believe Chelsea hadn't scored. I mean, hmm. like and I, I was still sitting there thinking Tottenham were gonna at least get something from the game. I mean, it was it was crazy. I mean, um it was so exciting to watch, but um probably one of the most exciting matches I've watched in in a long time. Uh, it just had everything in the match. It was it was such a good match to watch. It was by far my 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 standout game for the weekend. Um, just absolutely mental. And you know, everyone here, we all know what Andrew's like. Um, you know, he's been up in Scotland for two years, and I think the Premier League are just now getting to realise how mental he is. Basically, <laughs> I mean, it's just it's ridiculous. Uh, it really is. Um, but. So this week, this weekend, we've had like a lot of VAR controversy. I mean, I think it happens every weekend. But um, in the Newcastle Arsenal match, uh, the goal that Newcastle scored was uh, very controversial. And uh, we had Mikel Arteta, the Arsenal manager, after the game, and he had a very, very angry outburst about how um, it's a disgrace and uh, like it's you know like VAR is just not working at the moment. Uh, it was. It, it was really directed at the officials. So what do you think? Do you think that he should be allowed to do this? Like, managers should be allowed to do this? Um, or do you think there should be consequences? What do you think? I think, I think there should be consequences. I think um, Tommy touched in the post-match press conference of uh, Andrew Postacoglu, and he had decisions go against him in that crazy game that you just touched on um, uh, last night. And... It's just it's the power of the man, Ange Postecoglou. He just emphasises class um, because he had decision to go against them, but he says you need to always respect the officials. Whereas Arteta just throws his toys at the pram, starts blaming this and that. Oh, this league's so hard, blah, blah, blah. Like, there's a there's a way of going about it. There's a bit, show yourself a bit of dignity. There's human beings that indeed the referees are making, mis- making mistakes probably more often than they should. But if you look down the table at a team called Wolverhampton Wanderers, they've had many decisions against them this weekend. Hey, this season, and especially this weekend as well, losing, I think it was the 99th or 100th, 100th minute against uh, Sheffield United to give them the first win of the season, which is a, a blatant probably dive, and but the referees bought it and, and the VAR's given it. So he, he's not the only one. I think it's just because he's like, oh, oh, I'm Arsenal, I'm, a, I'm in a big club. In the Premier League, we should be getting a lot more help. But the th- the thing is, it happens all over the board, and um, VAR is not working at the moment. But it doesn't mean it it doesn't um, eradicate mistakes. But like you say, that that decision at the weekend, like it's probably a f- for me, it's a foul on Gabriel. But in terms of the angles, we're not given all the angles of of the goal line to to give a definite answer that it is out of play. But from the angles that we've all seen, it looks out of play. So, um, but at the end of the day, just show a bit more class and kind of towards your officials because at the end of the day, it's, it's they're human and it's they're only doing their job. Well, no, I, I would mean, have to. So I would have to disagree with Pete what Pierce uh, said about the ball being out of play. If you look at the physics of the ball, the ball might look out of play, but see if you're standing off the wall like eagle eye vision. The ball will still be in play. Like there'll be a bit of the ball still in play, and uh, I feel as if like Michael Arteta only only moans when it goes against him, but when he gets decisions that are controversial for him, he's like, "Oh, human error. Just get over it. It's fine." 
But when it when yeah, it gets agree, yeah. against them, he's like, wah, wah, wah. Like, literally, you look at what happened to Liverpool and Arsenal. That was a dead, uh, bad, controversial decision. And I would say that Liverpool, I'd be going after my nut. But Jurgen Klopp's is actually was like, uh, uh, and sometimes he's just like, well, what can I say? I'll end up getting disciplined and I'll end up like getting like probably banned for a couple of matches. But Miko Arteta looks as if he's walking in golden grass. He can do what he wants. You know what I mean? But just because yeah. he's got perfect hair, just because he's got perfect <laughs> hair, that's why. You know what I mean? No, no I mean, I, I totally agree, man. I mean, I think Arteta is a bit, I think, um, I think he's been pulled up for this. I think he has too much kind of, um, like, what's the word? Like, he, 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 I think he's too, like, ferocious, like, when it comes to, like, attacking the officials and stuff. Um, I've always kind of noticed that. I think he's far too, you know, he kind of loses the plot a bit too easily. Um, you know, I, I don't I, I don't agree with what he kind of came out with after the game. You know, it was, it was controversial. I mean, you're going to have people that think that that's not a goal and you're going to have people that think that it's a goal. But at the end of the day, it's just, you know, you know, officials are only trying to do their job. You know, I mean, it's not as if they're, I mean, I hope they are, but it's not as if they're trying to, you know, give the goal to, to the opposition team, you know, because they won that team to win or something. You know what I mean? Like, it's, end of the day, it's a decision that hasn't gone with them. Um, and that's the end of it. But, like, I mean, Arsenal, after the game, they were putting out statements and stuff. But I, I don't agree with that. I think that's, I think that's taking that a bit too far. Uh, you know, the decision, in my opinion, the decision didn't go for you, you know, that's it. End of the day, you know, you can't do anything about it. And I think Ange had a little pop-up last night about um about the fact that he gets too easily wound up about it. So I think there's a wee bit of a rivalry going on there between mm-hmm. Ange and Arteta. Um, Wonder so, why. Uh, um, <laughs> uh, so, no, it's... Um, again, end of the day, it's a decision. If it doesn't go for you, you can be upset about it, but I think there's a line, and I think Arteta and Arsenal went over it. And that's, that's what I think. Um, so... We have, we also have English teams playing in Europe uh, this week. So I'll just quickly go through them. So in the Champions League, we have Dortmund versus Newcastle, Man City versus Young Boys, Copenhagen versus Man United, and Arsenal versus Sevilla. And then in Europa League, we have Ajax versus Brighton, Toulouse versus Liverpool, um, West Ham versus Olympiacos. And in the Conference League, we have Aston Villa versus AZ Alkmaar. So, guys, what do you think from the list there? Um, what game are you you're looking forward to? Um, I know what game I'm looking forward to. On your, on your I mean, the, I, I mean, I wouldn't say it's the most amazing kind of list to be honest, but mm-hmm. um, I don't know. Like, I think that Man United game because that is a literal must win for Man United, like because they got beat off of Copenhagen. Wait, did they get beat? Or was it a... No, they didn't they actually win the game. They won one. They won the game. Um, but, you know, Man United are still a bit of trouble, I think, in terms of getting through to the last 16. So I think they need to win that game. Um, you know, I think that's that, that's quite a big game, that. Um, but, you know, I don't know. Maybe Ajax Brighton. You know, Ajax, I think they got a new manager recently, so I don't know. They might. They might have kind of turned a corner, I don't know. Um one not. Yeah, I know. I mean it's mental the season the start of the season they've had. I mean uh, yeah, it's so unexpected, but uh I mean for me it'd probably have to be the Man United game, but don't know what you think, just have a different opinion. What do you think? And you were Tommy. 
I'd probably say the for me Newcastle because I feel as if they will be wanting revenge for the, the cut yeah, uh, against yeah. uh, what happened because they did play very well against Dortmund. It's just like Dortmund were just like uh, like on the counter attack breaking and they had the big you know in in Necker what do you call him big M Necker yeah put it away and I yeah, feel as if when I was watching the game Dortmund didn't have that many chances Dortmund do not create many chances but when they do create chances they usually score them that's the thing and Newcastle created countless chances and they've got quality like Almiron that just kind of runs at defences and that and I was just I did expect more from Isaac but uh, yeah yeah, that, that, game. that game as well, by the way. Like, um, you know, that, that that's quite a big game as well. Um, obviously, Newcastle went in. I mean, that'd be a big result if Newcastle went in and got three points. Um, but, yeah, I agree with you, Tom. What do you think, Pierce? Um, I'm going to have to say that Arsenal severe. Um, I do, obviously, Arsenal got a fantastic uh, win away last time out in the Sanche- Roman Sanchez piece one. Um, but obviously they've lost a couple of key men since then, and obviously lose at Newcastle weekend. So they'll be they'll be they'll be wanting to lick the wins pretty quickly. Um, and obviously it depends on having players like Martin Odegaard back fit, and obviously they've now lost Gabriel Jesus injury. So the fact is they've now got Eddie and Kate leading the line, so it's going to be a different ball game for them because they're not going to have that potent in attack. Um, and obviously Sevilla did create chances in that match and. Were unlucky at times, but um, no, I think that's a standard fixture for me. And obviously, I think the other one would be obviously the the Dortmund and um, Newcastle. And obviously, Newcastle if they didn't get a victory or even a positive result, that leaves them in a fantastic position to even qualify third or second in the group. Um, because obviously, like you say, Dortmund at the weekend, um, they were um, pretty they were destroyed at the weekend through a, a hurricane masterclass and the classic. So they'll be. Pretty vulnerable, um, but obviously that's set for a, a, a thrilling encounter. So, um, no, they two are probably the standard fixtures for me. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, I mean, definitely the Dortmund game, actually, when I think about it more now. Um, you know, just kind of, obviously, I think Newcastle want to go there and make some wrongs, and I think Dortmund will after the weekend. Um, so, we'll just move on to the Scottish Premier League results. So, there, wasn't, there was only three games at the weekend. Because of the Fire Cup semi-final, which we'll talk about um very shortly. But I'll just quickly go through the three results. So it was Ross County nil, Celtic three, Kilmarnock one, Murwell nil, Dundee one, Livingston nil. Um so obviously really good result there for Celtic. Um, you know, I think Ross County went down to ten men in that game in the first half, which made it a bit easier for them for Celtic. Um but I think Celtic got to rest a few players as well for that game, for the game coming up at the um and today actually at the time of recording this, which we'll talk about um very soon. Um but yeah, really good uh, really good uh, result for Celtic and you know they'll be really happy with that. And then just also just another game here for the fact that Murray will have lost again. I think that's six games there they've went out went without a um you know, without a win, you know, um, and they had such a good start to the season as well, so it's kinda of went a bit pear shaped for them. Uh, last kind of few games, so uh, yeah, so a very quiet kind of result, uh, set of results in the in the league this uh, this weekend. What do you guys think? Well, I think probably the standard picture would be the the Celtic result. Um, although it's pretty one sided match in all fairness because um, um, Ross County 
looked to kind of frustrate Celtic at times and um just hitting the break and use set pieces to try get any real threat in the game. But like you said, within the first ten minutes to get a red card for VR, which is a correct decision, but that just throws all hope of going forward out of the window. And then it was just wave after wave. And um it took a couple of long range strikes for Celtic to even break Ross County down because we're stubborn and they were resolute. Uh, and two brilliant strikes, one by yourself, uh, David Turnbull, and then uh, Leif Palmer, uh, wonder goal free distance, another one yourself. <laughs> what do you hate, Tommy? Well, talking about the Liverpool game, uh, not the Motherwell game, sorry, should I should say. Yeah, uh, you lost it, as you said, six, six, six and uh, on the trot now. And that's not not nothing to do with the the players because the players have been playing pretty pretty good. There's Blair Spirit always been in good form, but the top goal scorer's got three goals in the league, so they're not really putting away much goals, and the goalkeepers not been exactly you know saving a lot because Kelly is usually like every season he's usually quite a a good Premiership goalkeeper, but that recently he's been absolutely like butterfingers man. Feels if he can even hold a, a jam post. I think with Murray as well, I think Kevin Van Veen's kind of now realising, uh, you know, what a big miss he is because, I mean, the goals he scored for them last season was was mental. So I think they are kind of missing Kevin Van Veen very well. Um, but I did mention the Vaya Cup um, semi final matches they were played at the weekend. So we now know that the final will be between Rangers and Aberdeen. Um, Aberdeen beat Hibs 1-0 and Rangers beat Hearts 3-1 so we'll talk about the Aberdeen match first so congrats Tommy for uh, your team getting into the final so what do you, what do you think about them? what did you think about the match? Uh, I thought Aberdeen were a, a wee bit poor in my eyes they they were at the start of the game the first 20 minutes they were quite good and then Hibernian just started peppering them with like counter-attacking just like the defence was getting caught out in that. Martin Boyle could have had a couple of goals. Luckily, the goalkeeper, Kelly Roos, my favourite for the man, keeps keeps a clean sheet. You know I, mean? I would say as well, like, far decision as well helped them out with uh, that offside decision because that was very close, like, like, inch, like, like a centimetre close, like, for onside. And that kind of helped bring up the spirit and the morale from the Aberdeen team. And then, obviously, you know, Big Miyowski, Bojan, bang, takes it in, bottom corner. But he could have had another one, getting a wee bit too cocky for himself, he runs through with the goalie, and then dinks it and it goes to the corner flag. I don't know what he was trying there. I mean, probably probably just lost in the newspaper. Oh my God, he dinks the goalkeeper, 2-0. Nah. But great, great result, but we could have performed better, made it harder for ourselves, I would say. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, Hibs will be kicking themselves, I think, but because I thought they were really good in the match. Um, and they had that goal, I think it was Mark Boyle that scored. Mm. Um, and it was just offside. I mean, it was margins, but I mean, it was such a tight, tight decision. But Hibs, Hibs were brilliant in the match, I thought. And, you know, mm. Aberdeen, to get through that, you know, fair play to them, especially with the, the amount of matches they played recently. Um, so, no, what a, a great, what a great night for Aberdeen. Um, you know, and yeah, I mean, Hibs will be kicking themselves because I felt that, in my opinion, I think they deserve to win. But right. end of the day, it's not the end of the final with Aberdeen. What do you think, Pierce? Uh, 
that echo what uh, both of you say. I think um I thought I, I thought Aberdeen were pretty poor. Um I thought Hibs dominated for a large spells of the game. And in terms of the decision of Martin Boyle goal, it was pretty similar to the, the one at the weekend for Celtic against uh, Ross County, Dizemira. It's mm. so subjective, like you're not sure if it's off or on. Um, but regardless, we've got to go with the what the officials and what the VAR have went with, and it was disallowed. Unfortunate for his because I think they probably deserved that. And shortly after that, um, Aberdeen sucker punch from the break caught um too many far forward, uh, too many went forward, and Mioski just left there and left it for uh, for sheer pace and f- fired an emphatic finish at the bottom right hand corner across David Marshall. Um, but no, I think that's a fantastic result for Barry Robson because getting to a cup finals. It's not easy, and obviously with falls to the favourites and the holders, Celtic out in the earlier stages, it's a chance to get a, a first major silver on his career as a manager. So, and what better way to do it than beating a big club like Hibs? But um, I think Nick Montgomery can be very proud of his side's performance. I thought he played really well at times, and you can see they're going to have a bright future under his uh, stewardship. Mm-hmm. Can I just add yeah. before Tom goes? Uh, uh, I would have to see Jack McKenzie. Really disappointed. That was like a wee Wayne getting kicked in a bit of pram, by the way. A guy shoved him, and you're on a yellow, and you're a left back, and you shove him back. Like I'm not going to lie, the guy did make the most of it, there, but the, the guy, Hibbs, was just like winding him up, getting in his head. He's like, ah, you're right, wee man, come here, wee man, wee man, shoving him a bit. And then he's just like, ah. I was like, what are you doing? This is a cup. This is a semi final. What are you doing? And then he shoves him, and then the guy goes, Oh my God, flops. I was like, Oh my. Luckily, we didn't lose. I know. I, know, I don't know what he was doing. I mean, why they acted like that, I have no idea. I mean, it was it was mental. Uh, especially the fact he was on the booking, man. I mean, I, I have no idea what he was doing. He just lost the plot. Uh, <laughs> and almost the final now, which will be, you know, that's um, what happens. Anyway, um, uh, so obviously, we've got the, the other match with Rangers. They beat Hearts 3-1, which you think. I mean, for me, I thought Rangers deserved to win. Uh, I think when Scott Wright came on in the second half, he came on at half-time and, I mean, he totally changed the game for them. I mean, he was he got a goal. Uh, he, he, Tavenier scored the free kick, but he got um, he got the free kick for them because he got fouled just outside the box. Um, but I, I thought Rangers deserved to win. Um, you know, I thought they were really, really good in the match. Um, and under... Philippe Clermont, I think they've made a such I think they've made a really good start. Um under his tenureship, I think it's been really, really good. Um but yeah, end of the day, does in my opinion they deserve to go to the final? Do you disagree? Disagree? What do you think? Yeah, I agree. I thought Rangers were pretty pretty dominant. Um Hearts again, they played each other last week in the in the in the Scottish Premiership and I think Hearts just set up the exact same way. Um just far too defensive and um, they didn't even try to have a go of it. You're in a cup semi-final. The chance to go to a, 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 a cup final to win a, a major trophy. And obviously for a club like the size of your hearts, you expect to go and compete. And the fact they didn't really lay a glove on Rangers. Um, and I thought, like you said, you mentioned Clermont's kind of decision-making. I think that's been this, the difference between him and Michael Beale. The fact is he's willing to make those kind of difficult choices in terms of he took off Todd Cantwell at half time and brought in Scott Wright 
the Scott Wright merits that by going and scoring again at Hamden against Hearts again. Um, because he was he scored obviously in the Scottish Cup final one under Giovanni Van Bronckhorst. Um, um, and it was a fantastic goal, and then obviously the captain Tavernier as well, just getting uh, two set piece goals, one with a free kick, which is top draw, and then obviously a penalty, which was on the clock, just kind of just stood there. I expected him in big games and European games, especially Tavernier would just kind of knock it down the middle. But um, no, I thought Rangers were very convincing and obviously set set for a grand slam finish um, next month. Uh, sorry, it's 17th of December when Aberdeen play Rangers and uh, I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, I mean, I think it's just a week before Christmas or just a few days before Christmas, the the final. So, um, no, I'm looking forward to it as well. I think it's going to be, it's going to be a great match. Um, I have to say, uh, yeah, I would, I would say that it was a right decision to take off Todd Cantwell. And uh, you know where he, you know where he came from, you know, the mighty, the mighty Dons. You know what I mean, mighty Dons. We don't, we we develop class. We don't develop mediocre. Right? That's true. I mean, that's true. I was so upset when he left because he was so good. He might, he might look like one of the characters at uh, Lord of the Rings, but. He's he's quite, he's a really good footballer, and uh, when when we replaced him with Ryan Hedges, and then Ryan Hedges decided to go as well, I mean, I can add add my my password Ryan Hedges twenty two. You know what I mean, like I was I was I was in love with all the winners, man. Like Johnny Hayes, you know. I was like, and here we go, we're just losing all these great players to all these different teams. And then when Scott Wright went to Rangers, I was like, fun coat, man. He could have just stayed a one club player and stayed. Aberdeen and would have loved you just like Considine did right? do you not think Considine had offers from Real Madrid and Barcelona I did but he turned it in to stay for the Dons it'll be some story if Scott Wright scores a winner in the final in December that'll be that'll be some story Um, but we'll talk about that when it comes to it Um, so with Scottish teams playing in Europe this week um, so only three so in Champions League it's Atletico versus Celtic in Europa League it's Rangers versus Sparta Prague and in the Conference League it's Pajok Salonika versus Aberdeen so what do you think about the matches coming up? A tough task for um, Celtic in the Champions League um, away to Water mm-hmm. Metropolitano um, but it could be the Omens kind of look bright on Celtic at the moment because obviously it was on this day in 2012 where Celtic beat Barcelona at Parkhead so you, n- you just never know but um, stranger things have happened but the fact is Celtic have never ever won on Spanish soil or even picked up a result since 2004 where I think they got a draw um, so it's going to be a really monumental task and obviously you've seen the quality that Athletic Madrid have but they will be without the suspended uh, Rodrigo de Paul, but um, they've got a riches of talent, and uh, that's going to be set for a a, a grand a grand slam finish because it depends on whether Celtic will progress further into Europe in terms of after Christmas. Um, in terms of the Aberdeen game against Pulsonica, I think they were ro- robbed last uh, last time out with Pitodri. Um and obviously the fact is they they just. 
got themselves into a, a major final in terms of the, the League Cup. So they'd be very buoyant mood in terms of that. And obviously, the fact is Miofsky and Duke, they can cause a handful of any defence and um, hopefully they can um, right, right some wrongs and they get a, a favourable result away in Greece. And in terms of Rangers, um, I think, that, again, summer to Aberdeen, I think they, they were brilliant in, at the weekend and they've been in a very confident mood um, taking Sparta Parag back to Ibrox and uh, getting all three points because they were pretty poor in the first, the first leg and uh, I think they'll be um and better with the home crowd behind them. With Scottish European games, I'm gonna to have to say I agree with Pierce. Uh, Aberdeen need to get their the the good juju back because like, that was they were hard done by last last time because luckily uh, hopefully Jack McKenzie does the kick the pram this time. You know what I mean? Like against they did against mighty hips, you know what I mean? But uh I feel as if if we keep playing the way that we, we did at the start of that game for this this leg coming up. They're definitely going to trounce them. If you get the decisions going away as well, aye. We've got better quality than that team. And I would also say that uh, if Bojan, Mijawoski and Duke are on form, there's nothing they can do to stop that. And uh, my big Barry, my, my Barry Robson, man, oh, he works wonders on the pitch, man, when he's on the sideline. That Come on, guys, hype them up and that. And Rangers, as uh, Pierce uh, touched, they are really exciting and really great. Uh, just passing about the ball and attacking, and very they're one of the most dangerous teams from set pieces I've seen attack wise because they've got having the other just for some reason just has that in his locker just to put it in the net or even cross it in to make it a dangerous area. And Celtic, we need we need we need to win, and it's going to be very hard with the quality of Atletico Madrid got, but um, for Celtic to uh, even have a chance to even progress to this later stages or even to the Europa League we need to start racking up wins because we've, I don't think we've even won this group stage so yeah it's a good start if we can start with Atletico that'll be good yeah um, obviously the Celtic game uh, you know Celtic are going to have to get something out of that game if they want European football um, next year uh, it's going to be such a tough ask for them but because going to Atletico Madrid away you know it's such a tough place to go. Celtic took uh, a, a record away in Europe isn't the greatest. But um, for Celtic, what they have been improving in this campaign, like game on game. So, um, I mean, you never know. They could, they, I think they are capable, but it's going to be a tough ask. Um, and after that, they're, they're going to be favourites and they are favourites. And uh, yeah, it's going to be a really tough ask for Celtic. Um, and then the Rangers spot a flag game. You know, um, the last time these two sides played a couple weeks ago, you know, it was a really poor game. We talked about that in the podcast. You know, it was a really kind of poor game to watch. Um, but I think Rangers have improved since then. You know, I think they've kind of settled under a flight Clermont. And the fact that they're at home as well, you know, I do expect them to be up to win. Um, you know, and I think they, can't, I think they have to win because I think they, they want to get out of this group stage. So, um. Yeah, so a home game as well for them, so they'll, they'll need to win this, and I think they will. And then lastly, um, the Aberdeen match versus Pyok. I mean, Tommy was putting out a play there, but um, it's going to be such a tough ass for Aberdeen, you know. I mean, it's it's, it's mental the amount of games they're playing at the moment. I mean, they've just come the weekend, they just played a semi-final, put so much into that game, they were doing it 10 men. Now they've got to go away to uh, Greece, 
and play such a really good side. Um, you know, it, I I I don't know if Aberdeen have got the, you know, they've got the energy to go there and get something. You know, I mean, it's such a it's such a tough ask for them to get back to them now. You know, I mean, it was a second of the fact that they lost at Petrodri a couple weeks ago against Pyok. Um, so I don't expect Aberdeen to get something from that game, but you know, Tommy will have all the belief that um, it's going to be a tough ask for them. Um, you know, but you never know. You, you never know. Uh, so for the final part of the show, Pierce will now give his Asian football roundup. Yeah, so there was um, no J League one or K League one action this weekend because uh, there was a. Uh... Uh, the J League Cup final and obviously the K League Cup final as well. So we'll just get straight into the uh, Asian football news. So in terms of the J League one, there was none uh, football. So Avispa Fakoka have celebrated a first ever major title win by defeating Urawa Red Diamonds 2-1 in the final of the 2023 J League YBC Levian Cup. Celtic Loni Yusuke Adaguchi was a standout in midfield as the 27-year-old has now won his eighth medal of his career and the J- Japan national team boss, Hajime Moriyasu, was also in attendance. So, Poang Steelers have won the Korean FA Cup final thanks to a comfortable 4-2 victory over Jumbut Hyundai Motors. Poang have had a strong campaign to date and, um, and have pushed Ulsan Hyundai all the way in the K-League 1, but now have a major trophy to celebrate for the hard work and quality they've shown this season. Uh, Hajime Moriyasu has been named as AFC Men's Coach of the Year at the AFC Annual Awards Doha 2022. Moriyasu in Japan made history as the first Asian team to defeat two World Cup champions in the FIFA World Cup group stage last year. Uh, Kim Min Jae picked up the AFC Asian International Player of the Year Award uh, for a successful Scaretto winning campaign in Italy. Also impressive displays for the Korea Republic and Bayern Munich. Uh, Paris Saint-Germain and Korean bakery brand Paris Baguette have signed a global partnership for two seasons. Um, They both join forces to promote an approach based on excellence and innovation in French culinary culture. Um, Chunan City uh, defender Kim Jang-soo has announced his retirement. He played for several teams in the K-League and the J-League and also participated for Korea Republic at the 2014 World Cup in Brazil. Um, K-pop girl group uh, Stacey uh, wore Rangers FC tops after part mix-up in their Texas concert last month, uh, where they supposed to wear the Texas Rangers jerseys. Last night, Stacey wore at Ibrox as they greeted fans with their newfound love for Rangers. Certainly a collaboration I wasn't expecting, um, but that's all your latest Asian football news. Thank you, Pierce. And thank you, Tommy, as well, for coming on the podcast. Pleasure. Uh, and thank you, everyone, for listening to this episode of the Football Trigger podcast. This podcast will be available to listen to on the Football Trigger YouTube channel and also the Football Trigger website. Thanks for listening and see you soon. Bye-bye.